another week for the pick show. We're going into week six or week five for like NCAA football and NFL football. We're going to bring out more winners to you. I'm Wes. Jordan Vizkauskas is here again. What's up, Jordan? What's up, man? Happy to be here. And as always, we're ready to get some winners on the board this week. Well, you know who else might use some winners? Some of the freaking Yankee players that uh, blew it on Tuesday. Oh, not good. It was, uh, you'd rather not, you'd almost rather not make the wild card than make it and lose in Boston. That's pretty painful. So it was not, uh, not a good 24 hour period for sure. You want to talk about that for a little bit since like, this is more of like an open style podcast. We're not centric. Yeah. That, uh, Stanton hit. And then that Yank, who's that Yankees broadcaster for the radio? I always forget his name. Uh, John Sterling. John Sterling's call is like probably one of the greatest things I've ever heard. Just like, yeah, it, it's a whole was... run. What did I, what did I do wrong? <laughs> uh, yeah. What he did wrong was not wait for the play to end. Unfortunately gets the, uh, some of those radio and TV guys are so quick to have their call out there that they don't always wait for, you know, the actual result of the play. Um, although the don't monster, wrong. I thought it was gone. I thought it was straight out of the park and then all of a sudden it just dropped out of nowhere and didn't go out. Yeah, honestly, like looking at the replay, like I actually thought the second one that he had off the wall was way closer to being gone just because I thought it looked like the swing, the first first one he got under it. So I thought like it was a little too high. But the second one, I thought he really got robbed because he hit an absolute rope and it made it 85, 90 percent of the way up that wall and and then decided to hit off. So just just unfortunate luck there that uh, Boston has to build a park like that. But, you know, that's sports. Yeah, that that fucking wall. I'm, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm sick and tired of that wall. And not only that, they put like the dumbest advertisements on that wall, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was unfortunate. And like obviously Garrett Cole not being able to go very long uh you know when he's your ace it was definitely not that he hasn't come through from them before because he played he pitched well last year i said the beginning playoffs, of the day but. that it should have been nestor cortez on the mound yeah it's tough because like obviously i'm sure he wanted the ball and when you pay a guy that much money you have to you know you have to give him the chance but it, it definitely definitely backfired um then you had to play the play with judge you know where you know looking at Awful. it yeah, you definitely. I probably wouldn't have sent him just because Judge isn't exactly a speedster. However, and it was Boston, one out. Boston did. Yeah, the one out thing is probably why I would say it's more the third base coach's fault. However, I will say Boston executed like the most perfect of relays. Like the throw from the outfielder was perfect into was it Bogarts or whoever it was at, at second or short. It was it was from Kiki Hernandez to uh, Dever or no Dever. That's right. Um, and, and then, then Dever made Dever made an absolute perfect throw. Like that is a ten out of ten perfect throw. You know, there's a chance that if that ball's, you know, six inches shorter, it short hops the catcher and and maybe makes it difficult for him. Or if he throws it a little too far left or right, he has to stretch. So that it, there's a lot of room. You know, there's a lot of chances for error on that throw. And the Red Sox, you know, just you know, made a, a great relay, which you don't often see in high pressure moments. So. Um, it was tough. Like I understand the rationale for it, but uh, yeah. yeah, they definitely shot themselves in the foot a couple times. Yeah, but like in the in the playoffs, you gotta expect everyone to make that great throw. Like everyone can make that great throw. Now you're not playing the Marlins or the Cubs or anyone like that. Speaking of Cubs, I mean the Cubs players showed out too on that game. <laughs> yeah, it said uh, I think they they had Fandle and Barstool. I think Barstool had it. They had a an odds boost for like Schwarber or. Uh, Rizzo to, to Homer, and they both end up <laughs> homering in that game. So that was pretty cool. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, tough season for the Yankees. They definitely didn't play up to their expectations. They were picked, I think, to win the pennant at the beginning of the year and didn't, you know, they had some really rough stretches. They had some really good stretches too, but if you're going to be one of the best teams in the league and you're going to live up to those expectations, you have to play much more consistently. So they have a lot of work to do this offseason. I think pitching, as always, is their biggest problem. You know, Garrett Cole was pretty good all year, but they just don't. Like they don't have guys that I trust to go in there, and their bullpen was obviously an absolute mess this year. It was one of the worst bullpens I honestly have ever seen. Uh, so they have they have some work to do. The good news is that Stan and Judge had I thought really good years. Um, you know, both you know and their average or on base percentage. Obviously, the power was there. They showed up in a lot of big moments, so that's encouraging. And I think DJ LeMahieu. I don't know if he was hurt throughout the year or if he just wasn't on to. his game. But he didn't have quite up to a season up to his uh, standards. But I think that he'll bounce back. So I think there's, you know, as always, some hope for next year. But they definitely have work that they have to do. I don't know if they're going to let go of Boone or just not extend him or, or how that situation is going to play out. But or even I, Cashman. Yeah, that seems to be the thinking too. Like you know, it's not really. It doesn't really matter what you do with Boone if you don't change things a little higher up. The so. same thing with Joe Girardi and let him go after that you know, 2018 year, then you got to do the same thing with Boone. Like it's the same result. <laughs> exactly the same right. result. Exactly. So, you know, and Cashman's obviously been there a long time and he's, he's made a lot of great moves over the years that have helped them win world series, but everybody runs their course. That's why, you know, sports is the way it is. You know, even the greatest have to uh, bow out at some point. I'm not saying Cashman's the greatest or anything. I'm just saying, you know, that's, that's how tough it is. He's done me. solid, but it's like the fact that, into the season and then that's trade deadline it's like the exact same thing it's like what are we doing yep and obviously like the, the you know being a general manager for the new york yankees is probably one of the three to four hardest general manager jobs in all sports just, just because of the pressure and the expectations that come with it both from you know the ownership and uh and the fans as well being in new york city so it's not a job that uh, is for the faint of heart so if they do let them go i'll be really interested to see who they bring in but whoever they bring in if they do that is gonna have to have some some backbone some thick skin because it's not always easy sledding how about joe girardi how about that guy Oh, wait, hold on. Never mind. <laughs> no, he's over there with the Phillies, who, uh, as per usual, decided that they wanted to skip out on any playoff activities this year. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. It was a cool ending to the Cardinals-Dodgers last night with the uh, walk-off two and home run. Any kind oh, of incredible, except I had the Cardinals money line. <laughs> oh, that is rough. I uh, should have taken the under. I think everyone was hammering the under at like eight and a half and – Obviously, it didn't, didn't really approach that. But, well, with uh, the Dodgers, that's very risky. And then also with the Cardinals, too, because their bats have been flying for the past month. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals fans have nothing to feel bad about, uh, and, and the players don't either. For them to go on that 17-game winning streak or whatever it was just to get into the playoffs uh, was pretty cool. So um, kudos to them for making such a big run. Those are always cool to watch. And, and walk-offs in general are fun in baseball, especially in the postseason. It, it just adds such an extra layer. I mean, you saw how, how loud the crowd was rocking after that mm -hmm. home run. So um, it was cool. Hopefully we have a good set of playoffs. I think that you know, the Rays are probably going to come out of the AL. Uh, they just look so good, and they they have very few weaknesses. And I think in the NL, I mean, getting Dodger or getting, yeah, getting Dodgers-Giants in the first round kind of stinks because I feel like they're probably the two best NL teams, but it should make for a great series being an interdivision rivalry as well. Uh, so I think whoever wins that will come out of the NL. So, you know, Dodgers-Giants versus the Rays, and we'll see how it plays out from there. Just hope it's a fun and exciting playoffs. Yeah, so we can look into um if you want the postseason like future totals and like for World Series and league winners and stuff. 
Los Angeles Dodgers are plus 240 right now. They're the favorites to win outright, even after that incredible win. Uh, the Astros are right behind them at plus 450. Rays are at plus 600. Uh, and then the best team in the MLB, the San Francisco Giants, plus 650. But uh, when it comes to like league winners and pennants, and we kind of got the matchups. Actually, we have all the matchups set for the, um, the divisional series for both leagues. What are you kind of seeing? Like, I'm kind of being sold on the Braves a little bit right now because they have a good matchup with the Brewers, and then they have enough bats to like go up toe to toe with anybody. But uh, what are you kind of leaning towards? I'm leaning towards like Rays Braves as like a World Series potential matchup. They're taking wow Rays and Braves. That's uh, yeah. The Braves I know are- baseball does not want that, but like at the same <laughs> token, it's like. I know they don't have like stellar pitching, but they have good enough pitching to get them by. And then the bats do all the work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with the Rays. I think that they are going to, you know, for sure come out of the AL. Rays are awesome. They're going to win the pennant this year. Like they're going to win the pennant and they're going to win the title in my opinion. And I think if you need any questions as to how, you know, you, you think of a team like the Yankees and the issues they've had kind of, you know, making moves and building a roster, look at the Rays. The Rays are a model that every team should follow. Um, you know, they have the best record in the American League. They have the their triple-A, I think it was like their triple-A team, their single-A team, and their their other high A-ball team all won their championships. And I think their double-A team finished, uh, they, they lost in the championship game. So not only did their pro team win, all their minor, you know, their farm teams, all their farm teams were, uh, the best or second best uh, in the entire league. So they just have built a, an incredible foundation from the bottom up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's also hard to pick against the Dodgers too, right? That are defending champs. They added Scherzer and Turner at the deadline, which are two huge moves. And Scherzer was obviously excellent last night. Uh, his post game interview was even better. <laughs> so um, yeah, funky with like everyone taking their shirts off after a wild card game. Well, you know, just making sure that there's no wires or, or anything like the Astros. You gotta, <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure nowadays. Um, but, Could you imagine a World Series of Dodgers Astros again? Uh, I'll tell you this: you would never hear louder boos than if that happens and Houston has to come to Los Angeles. That'll be oh yeah, that'll get booed the entire game every time somebody's at bat. You know, anytime uh, something happens, they're gonna get booed. So that would be interesting. But I'm I'm pretty sick of Houston after everything. I'm I'm really soured on them. Of course, uh, I, I, I didn't like them to begin with when they were. You know, just the way they acted kind of when they played the Yankees and, and whatnot. And then um, for them to, to, you know, come out and have that scandal. Yeah, I'm just I'm just against cheating in all forms of sports. Like I like to- Dusty Baker, though. Oh, that's fine. Like, it's not his fault. Like, he's just there. You know, he didn't. No, yeah, he's he's there. And then uh, their new slugger, Jordan Alvarez, which is going to be a name everyone's going to know. Uh, he's really good. Yeah, I just like I said I just have no respect for. I mean, it's not their first issue either. Oh, they, I don't either. Every time I see Bregg, Bregman and uh, Correa, Carlos Correa, I want to f- fist fight him like <laughs> straight up. Just like I know what yeah, you guys oh, did, yeah. and just you like your team. Altuve too. Altuve is, I mean, he's a rat if I can say that. Like he just, you know, the whole thing with him with the wire and you know the celebrations and. and yeah, and just you know, shame on shame on the MLB too for not handling that right. You know they. It wasn't really any major penalties. None of the players got penalized or suspended or fined or anything. It was just really pretty poorly handled on, on all accounts. And, you know, we're just going to have to explain to everybody years down the line that Houston shouldn't have really won that World Series. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Uh, I said, just hope for a good playoffs. But, yeah, I, I, if, I, if I had to pick, it'll be Tampa and the Dodgers. 
if the Astros were in the NCAA, they would be suspended from like bowl competition for like five years. If Pretty not much. like a death penalty from the program. Yeah, if there's one thing college football gets right is they're usually pretty swift and, and harsh with their punishments that they come down with. So. Well, uh, I don't know depending, about that. Depending. Sometimes some guys get a little, they get a break. But we've seen, like I said, like the SMU thing obviously is a huge documentary and some other schools have been, uh, you know, been hit with it in the past. But it's just, you know, like I said, there's just no place for cheating of any kind in sports. That's why I don't recognize like the other day when they were like, oh, it's the 10 year anniversary or 15 year anniversary of Barry Bonds, you know, breaking the all time home run record. Like, I don't recognize that. Like, I recognize Hank Aaron as all time home run champ. I, I think that if you, because of the Bonds issues, the steroids, McGuire, A-Rod, all those guys. I'm not saying all their stats are wiped out, obviously, because they're still talented. But, you know, some of the stuff's taken away. I, I always say, like, take away, like, 150, 200 home runs just to make it fair. Uh, I just don't recognize, you know, cheaters for being all-time leaders in anything. What? <laughs> but don't, like, go to the people who cashed in on, like, Barry Bonds and hit a home run prop and be like, yeah, give your money back. Oh no! Hey, hey, hey! Oh hey, no, 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 no! You can beat the casinos and beat the the odds makers and get your money. It doesn't <laughs> matter what happens after. I, I'm always for beating the system in that regard. But in terms of you know cheating in the field of competition where you get paid millions and millions of dollars, that 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 I don't condone. You know. Oh yeah. Do it the right way. Bottom line is, I think the World Series title is wide open this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it should be interesting. Like I said, I mean, I, the Dodgers are the betting favorite, but the Giants could beat them in six games. And then all of a sudden it turns things on its head. And, you know, the American League, you know, with Houston and Tampa and, you know, maybe, you know, the Red Sox ride some momentum or um, the White Sox or something. So it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting. It's, it's always fun when it's more wide open. Right. It gives, you know, a better viewing experience for everybody, although it does make it a little tougher for gamblers. Yeah, it does. But I think the bet is uh, raised six to one to win the World Series. I think that's good value for a team that's really good. For sure. All right. Football. NFL. Um, we had an interesting week. Uh, it's kind of even out the playing field now with like favorites and underdogs and stuff. So we're going into tonight. Tonight's one of the uh, really big matchup between uh, the Rams and the Seahawks. Uh, turns out that Chris Carson might play, might not play. He's dealing with the neck uh, injury, um, so it might be more Alex Collins. Seattle just won against San Francisco, where L.A. lost to uh, the Arizona Cardinals, winning one of our side bets in my favor. So um, the second one was just because like Teddy Bridgewater got concussed. I, I will say that on the record right now. but <laughs> And no, no flag on that play either, which is mind-boggling. I know, and then like... You know what's crazy too? I saw a Ravens player literally, um, or not a Ravens player, a Ravens fan literally, uh, complain about like Lamar Jackson getting hit after uh, throwing that sixty-four yard pass to uh, Hollywood Brown. He earned the name, by the way, because of that catch. So like he's got the name back this week. I'm but t- um, I guess I just I'm a little disappointed in Denver for that, like because I traded Hollywood this week and so I missed out on those points. But like. He he runs one route. It's just a deep route. Like I'm, I was a little confused as to how Denver. Yeah, Lamar threw it. Lamar, I said from last week. I said, hey, let Lamar beat you in the air, and he he did that. So I'm not going to discredit it. It was the one big play that went their way, and it was a bunch of field goals afterwards. And like they had a touchdown, we had a touchdown. So Mm -hmm. and then also Teddy Bridgewater not coming back that really screwed up the offense I feel like if Teddy Bridgewater was still in there it'd be a one possession game going into the fourth quarter still 
Like that's yeah, my he's, argument. He's, he's been on the receiving end of a lot of hits over the years, unfortunately, and he definitely doesn't get the same respect that uh, yeah. Brady and Holmes and those guys are going to get. Like that would have been. I mean, you think about it. That's Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Russell Wilson, and like, they're, they're all getting that call. And Denver was missing two starting guards, so it's like you had Baltimore just blitzing the hell out of like Denver the whole entire game, basically with Patrick Queen coming up the middle and Clayus Campbell is still really good, right? But um, this week, back to the game tonight, Rams are favored by two and a half now. It's been fluctuating throughout the week, but now it's kind of steadied out the past two days. It is still at two and a half going into the Rams' favor on the road. I don't know if Seattle is going to wear their neon green uniforms, but that's a huge thing. But the <laughs> over-under is at 53 and a half. What's your thoughts looking at this uh, NFC West showdown on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean... I, I definitely I put in the article this week I took the under in the game um, I got it at 54 and a half but 53 and a half I mean it's, you know same thing so I like the under uh, I just get wary with Thursday night games especially you know teams just don't have a lot of time to prepare I know the stats say that the overs hit more often than we think but I just like the fact that you know like I said there's not a lot of preparation time the playbook shrinks uh, they don't call as many you know big explosive plays and, and I think with Chris Carson. I don't think he's going to play. I think, but if he does, I think it's going to be in limited capacity. And with being a neck injury, man, you know how football is. Like one bad hit, kind of like Dalvin Cook's ankle last week. Like he was fine, fine, and then he kind of got hit the wrong way and, and rolled on it, and he was out of the game for for most of the second half. So that could happen to Chris Carson, and then Seattle's kind of left um, scrambling with just Russell Wilson and Lockett and Metcalf and those guys. Um, and again, not that they can't both light it up on on each side of the field, but. I just like I like that under you know, 54 or 53 and a half is a lot of points. Even if one team blows out the other, I don't think it gets to um, 50. And yeah, I think it'll be a little bit closer than that. I think the Rams are going to go pull away a tight tight division win. I, I had them going winning 24-20, um, but again, that's still at 44 points. So I, I think that the Rams Seahawks under is the play. Although I, I definitely, if Carson doesn't play, I like the Rams to, to cover that two and a half a little bit more too. I think they're going to be really ticked off after uh, a poor loss at home to the Cardinals. And like, look, it's like people are wondering if um, the Cardinals are legit or not. And I've been saying for weeks now that they are a really good team. I you are right, though. I mean, the Cardinals are definitely, I think, should be taken seriously right now. We'll see if that changes right, throughout the year. But they should be like top five they're top five in my book i would say they're like number three the, the third ranked team in the league this uh this week i don't know if they beat tampa bay but they're certainly like look they got a good defense they're explosive all the time and they have a pretty decent run game with uh chase edmonds and uh james connor so and, back and kyler to murray kyler murray is like a kyler know, murray can scramble can too really run too Arizona is exactly what you think Seattle should be, which is why I'm favoring towards the Rams minus two and a half. Look, Seattle is like they got all the pieces on offense that are good, but they're just anemic at times. Like they don't know when to run the ball. They don't know how to like take these shot deep shots down the field at the appropriate times. They they can do it, but they just don't know when to and like how to. And then like their passing game is suspect too. It's very inconsistent combined with the bad offensive line play, and you're expecting Allen's Collins, if he does get the full workload tonight, to go up against a Rams defense that kind of got shredded last week to bounce back. So I'm not too, uh, in particular, with the Seattle offense. Let alone the Seattle defense, we've seen the Rams make big explosive plays at times with Cooper Cup. 
and Matt Stafford connection. And sometimes with Deshaun Jackson, who seems like he's healthy now after being injured five years with a hamstring injury. So like, I expect the Rams to take deep shots down the field as well. And I think this game might be one-sided to be honest. I think the Rams uh, control this game. I just don't buy the Seahawks right now. And it's a shame because I'm a Russell Wilson fan. I think he's a spectacular quarterback. They got the good weapons around him on the receiving court to, uh, for him to do really well. Freddie Swain is like really impressed me as like a new guy that's kind of emerging as like the uh who is that one guy? David's Moore or whatever that mm-hmm. Wilson will just kind of find at times and like it will be a touchdown. I think the weapons are good. The offensive line's not good. The play calling and the bounce between whether to run the ball or pass the ball is very anemic. And then the defense still struggles, even with Jamal Adams and some of the playmakers that they have and Bobby Wagner being there. And, you know, it's it just doesn't make sense, like, from what Seattle's perspective. And the Rams are just in a bounce-back situation with a top-five roster. And a really good defense, I still believe. It's just they ran into Kyle Murray last week. And Matthew Stafford is totally going to exploit that secondary of the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. You know, I definitely think he, that secondary is going to be exploited. And I think the Rams are just going to come out with a, a you know, much better game plan. Defensively, like uh, Ramsey and those guys, they have a lot of pride. They, they think that they're the best defense in the NFL. You know, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But they, they want to go out there and prove it every week. So I think them giving up 37 at home even if it is a, a good Cardinals offense, I think is something that's been, I'm sure, a big focus for them all week. So I think they're going to come out and try to set the tone there. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I said offensively, McVay and Stafford, you know, they, they weren't terrible last week. They weren't uh, yeah, as quite as good, obviously, as they were against Tampa the week before. Stafford made a, you know, he had a bad interception and just didn't quite make all the throws that he normally makes. Um, but it happens, you know, it's a 17-game season. So, you you know, you have an off week. But I, I agree with you. I think they bounce back. And uh, yeah, I also I, I like Russell Wilson, too. I think he's great. I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is because he plays in a, a smaller market like Seattle and they have a lot of other issues. And I think that, you know, they they don't know how to use him or the offense. The play calling, I think, is pretty horrendous year to year. And if I'm being completely honest, I like I liked Pete Carroll at USC. I was a big fan of the Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart era. It was a fun time. And obviously, it's not that he, Pete Carroll hasn't had success in the NFL. Uh, he's been one of the few college coaches that has over the last 20 years. But I think as just an overall NFL coach, given the fact that he does have a Super Bowl and two Super Bowl appearances, I think he's a pretty overrated coach. I think that he chokes consistently in big games. And I'm not even just talking about the Marshawn Lynch not running the football thing. I just mean like they've lost you know a lot of first-round playoff games, whether it's at home. Um, or just the teams that they shouldn't have lost, and I just don't think that they always have it every week. So it's uh, it's frustrating, you know, just to see a guy like Russell Wilson kind of have his prime wasted a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I said I picked it to be a closer game just because Thursday night divisional matchup, maybe some chicanery will happen, and I'll look good for picking it. But I, I will also, and with you, I will not be surprised if this ends up like 31-17 or something like that. I'm worried about your over, though, for the exact reason why I think the Rams could, like, put up a bunch of points and then Seahawks and garbage time. That's the only Seahawks thing. Seahawks and garbage I time is scary. Yeah, I wanna, I'm not going to touch the over under. I'm just going to go double up with uh, Rams minus two and a half. I think well, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll take the under for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, like, the one thing that is good about the Rams, and they've shown this in their games, especially against Tampa, when they've built, like, a 10-plus point lead, 
they have shown a strong commitment to running the ball with Henderson uh, and Sony Michelle and those guys that like they want to kill clock. They know how to do it the right way and not just, you know, run three times and punt. Like they know how to get first downs and move the chains with, you know, third and five. They could run it. They can, you know, obviously Cooper Cup's always going to be open, some of those other guys. So they do know how to run the clock down, and hopefully they'll be able to do that in the second half if they have a big enough lead and possess the ball, and that will eliminate um, some of the higher chances for garbage time touchdown. doesn't obviously take it out fully, but it'll lower those chances a little bit. At least that's what I'm thinking. Right. So let's couple of uh, let's go into the NFL slate now. Okay. Uh, some trends through the first four weeks. Favorites are 25 and 38 against the spread at a 40 percent rate. Sounds home teams. <laughs> home teams are 28 and 36 against the spread. 44 percent. The overs are 27 and 37. 42 percent. And the stat that I like a lot right now and that I might like continue with this trend home favorites are 15 and 25 against the spread, which is at a 38% rate. Oh, wow. So we're kind of looking at throughout the, this whole entire schedule right now, what sort of spreads are jumping at you after I just gave those stats to you? Uh, I mean, for this week, let me pull up the list again, cause it's been changing. I mean, when I wrote when I wrote my article this week, which is now up on the Civil Sports. So when I was looking at this like Tuesday and yesterday, I got the um, I did a teaser with the Chargers because they were they were plus one at the time. So I had like the Ravens minus seven and the Chargers plus one six point tease down to Ravens minus one and Chargers plus seven. Mm -hmm. But either way, I thought the Chargers plus one was. I think a mistake by the odds makers because they're at home. They're playing super well. Herbert looks incredible. And the Browns, I don't think have the offense to compete with them right now. The line has since moved. The chargers are now favored by two. I think a lot of the sharps started hammering the chargers. So I think that is an incredibly good value just because again, you know, the chargers are just on a roll right now. And what we saw from the Browns last week, I love Baker, but he missed a lot of throws and it was not a good game for him. And that game should have never come down to the final possession. You know, they should have been up, two touchdowns at least. Um, well, it came out that he tore, he has a partially torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. Not surgery worthy, but something of note to like know of. Yeah, it was just still bad though. Like, I mean, he, he missed OBJ for like a, an absolutely wide open 60-yard touchdown. Like he just had to put it not behind him and it was a touchdown and OBJ would have gotten it. But, you know, I mean, they got the win and their defense has looked good. So it, it does, you know, put that in the Browns' favor. But I just don't think they have the secondary to contain Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Eckler out of the backfield. Jared Cook has been sneaky good for them in the end zone. Uh, so <clears throat> I think that that's good value. Uh, I also like the Packers minus three at Cincinnati. Joe Mixon, as of now, is questionable. We know how this goes with him. He starts missing time around the middle of the year. I don't think that Cincinnati has been particularly impressive. They had that three-point win at the at the buzzer there against uh, Jacksonville last week, and they've just you know they've had you know they beat Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, which is nice, but they haven't really impressed me um, totally with some of their wins. And I just think the Packers are are really rolling right now after that Week One spanking that they they had against the Saints. I think Rodgers is in a great rhythm. Devontae Adams looks great. Aaron Jones, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think that it could be a shootout, but I think the Packers can cover a field goal on the road. And then probably the last one that's like really jumps out to me, we can obviously discuss more of them, but this one I really like, and it sounds weird. You're going to hate me, but I think the Steelers minus one and a half at home against Denver. I think that Drew Locke is most likely starting just because poor Teddy got another concussion. That, that guy just can't seem to 
not get them. Um, so I think if Drew Locke starts, it's a really good bet because Drew Locke, unfortunately, his best NFL moment is him rapping put on by Jeezy on the sidelines. And they he didn't show you know, he didn't do a good job last week when he was thrust into action against the Ravens. So let's that. talk about that game because I think Teddy <laughs> is the play. He I knew, is I, knew on, I could sneak this by you. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. You're really trusting old Yeller to get it done against a uh, top five Denver defense that look Lamar threw all over him. Big Ben cannot throw right now. I am sorry. He, he just really can't. And you're expecting him to go up against a Denver defense. That's going to have Ronald Darby coming back off of IR. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. Look, look, I'm not this. That's not me putting my faith in big Ben, like big Ben has been awful. He's just not been able to throw the ball anywhere. His decision-making, you know how it is with quarterbacks, man. Not only physically do you start to decline, but mentally the game seems to speed past some of these older quarterbacks, and he's looked like that too because his decision-making hasn't been good. But I think that, you know, I mean, if Teddy plays, maybe it's a little different. Maybe the line even changes. But I I just think that, you know, that the, the Steelers' defense is, you know, they haven't been as good as last year, but they've still been pretty good. And I think that, they have all, you know, the one thing that the Mike Tomlin Steelers have always had is they have, this might sound lame to say, but they always have a lot of pride, right? They're playing at home. They already lost to Oakland pretty badly earlier this year. They haven't lost two home games in a row since I think like September of 2018. So we're going on three, four years. I don't. But they did that. What do you mean? They lost to the Raiders and then they lost to the Bengals. Was the Bengals at home? Yep. Well, it was just the first time in three years, and but so <laughs> it, even, it even adds to my point. Sorry, my research is wrong. It even adds to my point. That I was like, well, you pick. I, I just can't see Pittsburgh losing three in a row at home. Like they're gonna hear the Boo Birds real early if they start to struggle. And I'm not saying I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. The, the over under is 39 and a half, which we'll see if we even get to that. But I just I think that Pittsburgh could pull this out, like even if it's like 14 to 10, 17, 14, something really low like that. Like they just essentially have to win at home. It's as it's close to a pick as you're going to get. And they could pull away on some late field goal. I just I think that Denver is going to have a hard time running the ball and just moving the ball in general against Pittsburgh. Uh, so the Steelers have failed to cover their past six times as a favorite. So they're doing- also. So, uh, no, that doesn't mean they're due. <laughs> That's oh, exactly my golly. Who's going to block Von Miller on that Steelers terrible offensive line? You oh, Von, nobody blocks Von Miller. Exactly. Von Miller is going to Von Miller is going to be in Big Ben's lap the entire game. If Big Ben cannot move like he he just can't. And like. I won't be surprised if Denver forces a lot of turnovers to where Drew Locke doesn't have to do much because they're already in field goal range. You know what I mean? Just keep literally handed to uh, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams like all the time and then just have Brandon McManus trout out there to make like a kick. Like that's literally the game plan. This team almost beat Pittsburgh last year with Pittsburgh being the better team with Jeff Driscoll. Now, you, hey, now, you know, it's tough to kick in that stadium with the end zone and the wind and everything like that being on the river. You know, that's no, those field goals aren't gimmies. Um and I, I knew it's funny. I knew you were gonna be like this. I knew when I was writing the pick down, I was like, "Man, Wes is gonna Wes is gonna go at me." I'm gonna hammer it. Um, yes, and like even with the hope of Teddy playing, I still like Denver uh, plus one and a half. You, if Teddy plays, he's a dog, and you know when Teddy's a dog on the road that he's gonna <laughs> that is cover. True. That is true. That it, Teddy does scare me just for that that fact. 
But I will say the other thing I did do with this game is I teased it with the Bucks. The Bucks are, I mean, I, I think as of when I did it, they were nine and a half point favorites at home against Miami. Um, or no, it might have been even, even 10 or 10 and a half because I, I teased them and the the under for this game. Uh, so I did like a six point teaser. So the Bucks dropped down to like minus four and a half at home, which I think is a steal. And then the Steelers Broncos under now with with the teaser it goes up so it, i have them under 45 and a half which i think is you would agree is probably very safe to ask both of these teams to get close to 50 is just not reasonable you know what my bet of the week might be again i rode on this team last week and went out right and they did hmm. i like the jets to win in uh london uh i don't even well i don't i don't i, I don't know that i somebody <laughs> from the nfl needs to show me like the financial results of them playing in London. They must rake in enough money because I don't get why you play it over there. No one wants to get up at nine in the morning. They always, you know how we know the London games aren't that important. They always put crappy teams over there for the most part. Like it's always like the Jets and the Falcons or like the Jags and the Titans when neither team was good or, you know, teams like that. Like no one, they're not putting the Rams or they're not making Tom Brady go to London. They're not making Russell Wilson go, et cetera. Like I just I'm, I don't need these London games. I don't care. It's a fun little sideshow for them, and then they get back to rooting for soccer over there. Like I just don't get it, and you know I don't know how either team is going to adjust to the travel. So I stayed away. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets ride a little momentum, just because the Falcons are just they keep finding ways to lose games. Um, but it's yeah, that's a mess. But you think they're going to win outright? I think they're plus one forty money line. I, I love that. I love that. And then maybe the under two in that game. The under uh, in Jets are six and two in the last eight. So and I think uh, kind of like that. The under is I think the under is 13 and two this year in games started by rookie quarterbacks. They just posted. So 46 is a lot of points. I mean, Atlanta obviously doesn't have a great defense, so it does leave the, the potential for points to be scored. But can Zach Wilson and those guys take advantage of it and can Matt Ryan, who looks pretty right. old himself, take advantage of anything the Jets give him. That's it's really tough right now. So I think the under 46, if anything, is probably a pretty solid play. Another game I want to talk about just for like shits and giggles, because this is literally the team laughing shits and giggles. Uh, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. They had Julio, you know, Julio Jones, no AJ Brown. Like it's tough when you lose your top two receivers, but I mean, the the fact that they could beat the Jets. Urban Meyer bounce back game. <laughs> no, there's no Urban Meyer <laughs> bounce back game. I'm telling you, the key, I said this, I think on this pod, like after like week two or three, and I've told my other friends too, like there's no way he makes it through the season. It'll probably be between like week 11 and week 14 when he, when he announces he's stepping down after they're like one and 12 or something. Oh, it might be this week, dude. It could be, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's it's an absolute joke. I mean, like, do I care personally that Urban Meyer was at some bar with the dance thing? No, I personally, I could care less what the man does, but you know how that's going to affect your team when you don't fly back with them. You stay in Ohio, you go to, like, Ohio or whatever, and then that happens. And then the way he handles, like, apologies and, like, press conferences is just, like, pretty laughable, too. And you see they did that thing where they made fun of him. Apparently, they've been, like, every time he does, he gives a speech and like, meetings and stuff, and then he leaves, all the players just, like, start laughing and joking. Like, he, he has no respect in that locker room. Like, none, zero, zilch mm-hmm. at all. And once you, once you lose the respect of an adult, grown professional sports locker room in any of the major sports you're done like there's no getting it back it's not college where the guys look up to you the the players don't look up to you in the nfl they look 
on the same level as you. They look to work with you to both achieve the goal of trying to win games. But at the end of the day, as professionals, they're making their money. So as long as, you know, you're not interfering with that lifestyle and you're not, you know, they're not going to take you seriously after a while if you're pulling the stuff that Urban did. So he's done. It's a wrap. Um, if Khan was smart, he would fire him today. But um, he's going to try and he's going to try and hold on to a sinking ship for a little bit, which is ironic because he has like a huge yacht that always gets parked down here in Jacksonville. Um, so it's a mess. I, it, I But I also can't trust the Titans at four and a half because they didn't show me anything last week which AJ makes Brown, the jaguars the bet here and you know, julio julio didn't practice yesterday um so he's in mid-season form with his hamstring injury which he seems to have every other year and uh you know derrick henry i mean i will say this how many times have we seen derrick henry destroy the jaguars because that happened that happens a lot he always has like the 90 yard touchdown run or he has like 180 yards or stuff like that yeah. so I will say that you know he seems to have a vendetta against them, but that's another one where I'm just like they're just both crappy, and I'm just staying away. So you, I love the over. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask you. Do you like the over under? So you think you think it's gonna be a shootout? Eight Tennessee is eight and one in the past nine uh, against the over on the road, and Jacksonville. I I don't trust Tennessee's defense at all. So I love that. No DJ Shark though. They, uh, he broke his ankle, or whatever. So he's out for the year. Doesn't matter to me. I think they're going to go heavy RPO because it worked last week. Mm-hmm. And I still think Tennessee is still going to score. So you got to assume really Lawrence like is just going to continue to progress every week. I mean, he's gonna. He's know. good, man. I don't know why everyone tried to make him a bust like immediately. He throws the ball splendidly. He's awesome. So the main two reasons that I think he gets the slack um, more so than anything. The long hair. One, yeah, how he looks. He's got the goofy long hair. He looks like sunshine, which whatever. Like I don't, I don't care to bother me. But yeah, it's an interesting choice. Um, and I think just too, like him being the number one overall pick, the like the the weight that that comes with nowadays in any major sport, being the top pick, and the way we are so quick to you know with our cancel culture and judgment culture on social media, like everyone is so quick to write people off nowadays. That you know he he struggles the first couple of weeks leading the league in interceptions and everyone's like oh he's a bust it's like no he's not he he make you know he makes rookie mistakes that he's got to fix but that's the whole point of your rookie year like if you're the number one overall pick you're not going into a winning situation right away normally so he's got the entire season to get better and I think he's shown that throughout the, the first couple of weeks he is improving a little bit you know each week and I think he's only going to get better so I, I could definitely see the over because Tennessee's defense is it. it Changes from slim to non-existent every week, uh, so I could definitely see them getting into the fifties combined. Oh, I found a stat, and I want to go back to the Denver game just to poo-poo your uh, Steelers <laughs> bet again. You can't let it go. <laughs> the Broncos are ten and two against the spread in their last twelve games, following a loss against the spread, and they are five zero and one against the spread in their last six meetings with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there's a chance for a tie, is what you're saying. We the underdog play. in the last four meetings between these two teams is three zero and one, and Denver's the underdog. Uh, well, it'll be. Hey, look, I can't wait. I'll, I'm gonna text you on Sunday. <laughs> I, I expect like either one of us, like based on the result, like at like three forty five, four o'clock, somebody's gonna text somebody and just be like, "See, I told you so." Um, so we'll see. That, that, that's our <laughs> that's our like battle look, of the week. We go on to battle one of my other- one of my golden rules is not to bet on my favorite team. Uh-huh. And then one of my other golden rules is to always bet on Teddy Bridgewater. 
So it's like those cancel out. So that way Denver's open for business on my end. So I'm going to go ahead and like pick the Broncos as one of my locks. I'm going to say one of my locks this week is the Broncos. With oh, all the stats well. I just gave out. <laughs> And well, I, I just won the bet then because you just cursed them. So I'll take that. You can't say the L word. Can't say it. I'm t- it, I'm sorry. I'm just doing it. You're done. Pittsburgh just won 20 to 13. It's over. My my three best bets are the Rams, the Jets, and the Broncos. And then I I love the over in Tennessee, Jacksonville, too. So maybe I'll do four. Um Green Bay, I like minus three. Uh, they don't have any issues with uh, injuries lately, do they? I haven't been like following. No, they, Green they Bay. signed Jalen Smith too. I don't know if he's, he's probably not gonna be able to play for them. Probably but. not gonna play, but like good signing by them. I think they just lost one of their pass rushers for the year with the Achilles injury. So, um, not not the Smith brothers, not one of them, but another right. like rotational guy. Well, they do have the biggest thing for me is they have uh, I don't, not a lot of people know about him, I don't think, uh, but his name is Aaron Rodgers, and he's what I think is the greatest quarterback of all time. So having Who is him, that guy? yeah, he's also known as the GOAT, also <laughs> known as Mr. Discount Double Check. Uh, he doesn't lose often, and Mm-mm. he has shown an ability to be absolutely on fire and torch teams these past couple weeks. They covered against Pittsburgh. And I think that Cincinnati has been, you know, they, they Cincinnati hasn't really been that impressive. I mean, to I know the Thursday night games are a little wonky, so you can't read too much into them. But to only beat Jacksonville by three uh, on a last-second field goal, okay, they, you know, good win against the Steelers. But as you covered here, the Steelers aren't that good. So to beat them wasn't as impressive as it would be in other years. They lose to the Bears on the road, and that was the game that. Was that the game that Dalton got hurt? I think because his Fields came in. Yeah, because yeah, Fields came in that, that in the middle of that game didn't play well, and the, and the Bengals still lost because Burrow got picked off a bunch. And then they beat what is a, a very mediocre, probably not even a 500 level Vikings team. Um, you know, at the end of it was an overtime uh, of Week One, so they haven't had any dominant. Oh my goodness, this team looks incredible. Wins like I think they're a very very soft three and one team right now. So I'll, I'll gladly take the Packers on the road. Yeah, I, I would, that would be on my card. Um, so right now my card is Rams minus two and a half jets plus three money line sprinkle. Um, Tennessee Titans Jaguars over 48 and a half Broncos uh, money line to win that game outright uh, Packers minus three. I kind of like, Okay, so Arizona minus five to me, definitely because they're wearing the black uniforms going up against San Francisco and the rookie QB. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't realize they were wearing the black ones. That changes everything. <laughs> uh, Buffalo Bills, I'm picking them to outright win that game against Kansas City. And if you haven't noticed, I've been picking the dogs when it comes to minus three spreads mm-hmm. because favorites, like, yeah, favorites are like 14 and nine or whatever. But like one outright win between all of them for some reason. I don't know why that stat came out, but that's like contradicting. But uh, yeah, I just like Buffalo. I think they're a far superior, better team than Kansas City right now. And you expect Josh Allen just be subpar against that bad Kansas City defense. Look, Buffalo's defense is really good. Like shutting out a team, I said this with Brandon, shutting out a team no matter who they are is very hard to do. Yeah, it is. It's it's hard to it's it's really part of it is obviously about talent, but and execution, but it's also about effort and caring. To get to care for an entire sixty minutes when you know you've won the game after the third quarter is incredibly difficult. So they they have played well. Um, yeah, I would I, ironically in our friend group pick them where we pick 
some you know we, we do like a draft every week of the spreads my last round pick i ended up taking the chiefs just kind of taking a flyer on them just because it's Mahomes. but I, i'm not very confident in it. I, I i agree with you i'd say the bills definitely cover and have a pretty good chance to win because kansas city hasn't shown us that they can stop anybody yet and the bills are going to be one of the best offenses that they've faced so far um you know better than the uh you know slightly better than the chargers and, and better than the browns and, and probably better than the ravens too so it's uh it's going to be a tough one for Kansas City. The only thing they have going for them is that home field advantage, but they've shown to be kind of you know that that hasn't been as destructive as it has been in other years. Um, you know, Cardinals, like I said, they're gonna they're either they're, they're kind of in the Rams situation, right? Where the Rams had that big win against Tampa, they were feeling great, and then they lost to the Cardinals. The Cardinals now they beat the Rams. You know, that was a big division matchup for them. They beat them pretty handily. Now, can they keep that energy going? Are they going to fall into a trap game here against the, you know, the 49ers aren't great, I don't think, but they're still a tough divisional opponent. Um, so that, that'll that be interesting to see if, if Kyler can keep it up. But I would say, like, my card for this week, I like, like I said, I, I'm with you on the Rams, two and a half. I think that's, you know, I, I think Stafford's going to get it done with, with uh, Cooper Cup and those, those guys. Uh, definitely like the Packers, minus three, like I said, it's the GOAT, not picking against them. And then Chargers, like I said, whether you got them at plus one or minus two, I, I hate to pick against the Browns because I like them, but I, I got to be realistic uh, with how things are shaping out. And then if I just had to add one more, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the Steelers are like my, are like a lock or anything. I definitely don't feel like 100% confident, but I just, I feel pretty good about them. So I guess you can add it. And then I, it's a lot, it's a full touchdown, but the Ravens minus seven at home, the Colts stink. They're not good. Carson Wentz isn't good. Their offense play calling is terrible. Their defense is good, but not super elite. And the Ravens are are kind of cooking right now. They're on they're on a roll. I know they didn't have the best offensive game against the Broncos last week, but just you know, getting the win obviously is, is a good thing for them. And uh, they've had some other quality wins this year. So I think that you know the, there's a high chance that they cover that. Like I said, I teased it in that one, um, you know, kind of group there with the. Uh, Chargers, you know, I got six point T, so I have the Ravens just winning by one, which is basically a pick 'em. But I could easily see them at home, Monday night game, huge crowd, and then, yeah, they could cover that that minus seven as well. Some weird games that we kind of skipped over: uh, Eagles, Panthers. I have no idea. If just McCaffrey the- plays, which I didn't think he was going to, but apparently he's had a really good week of practice or had he had a good yeah. Wednesday practice, which I didn't expect. If he plays. I like Carolina at home by three a lot. If he doesn't play, though, we kind of saw Chubba Hubbard wasn't incredible last week. And the Cowboys defense, I mean, the Eagles defense isn't good either, but the you know, Cowboys gave up some some garbage time scores. But that game was really done with, you know, 12 minutes to go. Um, my friends, even my Eagles friends, they're not confident in Philly, but they seem to like the over in that game because Philly's defense obviously isn't very good, but they've shown the ability to put up some points. So just to get to 45, like even if Carolina wins it, you know, 27, 21 or, or something like that, you're still hitting that over 45. So that's something interesting, but I, I don't love it enough to, to say yes either way. No, I don't either. Uh, Miami, Tampa Bay, that's a 10 point spread. If you want to take Tampa, put up points go for it i'm not gonna do it it's a lot (laughs) although i do i will say this i think that you know while they i'm sure were glad to get another win it was a rough game in new england brady was nervous didn't play his best game plus the weather you know it was raining pretty hard so i think that affected the the ability to throw the ball for both guys as well 
Uh, so I think that Tampa probably going to come out firing this week. They're back in, you know, they're back in their home stadium, home cooking. And I think that the Dolphins, obviously, I said the Colts weren't good, but they beat the Dolphins. So I think that, uh, I think that the Dolphins are pretty, pretty bad right now. Dolphins are miserable right now. Yeah, the Finns are the Finns are down. Uh, so I, I, if if I had to lead one way, I would lean Tampa minus ten. But like I said, I teased them in the one thing down to four and a half. So I feel much better about that number than I do ten. Another big spread, Lions, Vikings. Um, Lions are 9.5 dogs on the road against Minnesota. You don't know what Minnesota team might jump out. You don't know what Lions team might jump out. Yeah, um, I, I have no clue. Staying, staying far away. Both those teams should be on an island by themselves because I have no clue what to expect from them. Saints, Washington. Washington is two and a half point dogs to the Saints right now. Kind of leaning towards Washington a bit, but I'm not going to bet it because I just don't know what Saints team will show up. It's really funky with Jameis or whatever. Uh, last week was kind of just a head scratcher going up against the Giants. Uh, yeah. And speak, speaking of the Giants, Giants, Cowboys, Cowboys are minus seven against the Giants. I kind of like the Giants to cover. It, well, you know how those NFC East games go. Even when there's a big talent and record disparity, um, you know, they, they always seem to come down a little bit closer. Obviously, Dallas smoked Philly at home, but – that was like a you know big massive. Right Philly's there. just bad. I, Giants yeah. have playmakers. They just haven't been able to get in the win column. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they've come down to the wire with Atlanta. Obviously, they beat the the, the Saints last week, so they 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 were able to get that. And then you know the, some of the other even like the even the Denver game. Like Denver was in control most of the game, but they it wasn't like some incredible blowout. That I think it was just. Oh yeah. You know, it was just a tough sledding for him, but I, I think that uh, it'll be interesting. Saquon seems to be getting better and better every week. Looks looks more healthy each time, so that's positive. It's just good to see him playing. Um, but yeah, Cowboys are rolling too. Docs look really good. I said, I, I'm staying away from it. I don't know if I had to lean one way. If I had to lean one way, I think I feel like I would. Fifty two is a lot, but Dallas can put up a ton of points, and I think they'll give up some points as well if, if Saquon. If they can get Saquon involved early for New York, so over fifty two might be the play. But I, you know, other than that, and like I said, I, those NFC East divisional matchups they they're sneaky. But minus seven is not. Don't take that as the Cowboys are you know a lock for that. Uh, Patriots versus Texans. Texas eight and a half point dogs uh, in Houston. I think Patriots get right game possibly. I don't know if they cover, but feels like it's a get right game. Um, it's, it's definitely a get right game. And I will say this: I picked up the I have the 49ers defense in fantasy, and they've been just okay so far. I picked up New England's defense. God. I picked up New England's defense for this matchup because uh, Davis Mills against Bill Belichick. I just don't see that ending well for him. I mean, he threw four picks. Another last rookie going this. up against Bill Belichick. Right. Exactly. So I think that it'll, uh, I think that whether or not New England covers is another thing, but I think that their defense is going to really hold it. That the unders at 39 and a half, which I believe is tied with the Pittsburgh game for the lowest of the week. And I, I think I can see the under hitting even at that mark. It could be like a, you know, I don't know, 20 to, 14 game or you know, maybe not even at that point, but I definitely think it's a bounce back week for New England. I think they get the win, but I'm not confident. Eight and a half is a lot to ask Mac Jones and those guys to cover when they haven't exactly looked spectacular. Yeah, I'm not touching the Browns Chargers game because it could be 50-50. I think the Browns defense is legit. Take the Chargers. Um, Don't play. I hate the Chargers. I can't do it. I know. Uh, I know. This, I know it's in your division, but trust me, from, from a Browns fan who is felt very confident about even the Chiefs game. Like I felt decent about because I know that they don't fear the Chiefs. I just think that 
Herbert is Herbert and Keenan Allen and, and the coaching staff. They have such great chemistry right now. They're on a roll. They they really you know the defense was spectacular in that first half against the Raiders. Although that is the Raiders, I think they're highly overrated at three and one. But I just think the Chargers look really good right now. They're clicking on all cylinders. Eckler, I don't think he's going to be able to run the ball very well because the the run defense is pretty good. But he is so dynamic catching passes out of the backfield and the Browns aren't that great at covering those. Uh, their secondary isn't, isn't great, but I, I think, I just think that that it may be close for a half, but I think that the Chargers are just going to have a little too much. And if Baker is dealing with that shoulder thing, asking him to keep pace with Herbert and, and any kind of shootout is just not going to end well. So I, I think the Chargers will win by, it, it would be probably seven to 10 points. All right. You convinced me I'm taking the Browns. Um, so <laughs> bears, <laughs> bears, Raiders, is the other one you kind of mentioned the Raiders uh, five and a half? John Gruden is Raiders. Such, John Gruden is not a good coach. He's a terrible player. It is weird because like Hunter Renfell is now becoming like a Julian Edelman of the league. He really is. That dude is always open on third and five. It's going to him, and he had that spectacular hit on special teams. Yeah, he's like he's like an All Pro safety now. Who know? Who knew? Like, yeah, but you I know, just Bill don't Belichick know. Saw that and was like, ooh, might have to trade for him. Uh, over unders at 44 and a half. I might lean towards the under on that, but I'm not going to play it. Probably because Fields is named the starter right now. You said, yeah, officially. for for now on, which is like the smart move for me. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't. Nagy's not a good play caller, and Fields hasn't shown, you know, he doesn't know, you know, especially with Montgomery. David Montgomery also is going to be out, something we got to mention. You know, he's going to be out four to five weeks, most likely with the knee thing. So, um, I think that that's going to impact their game. I mean, Damian Williams is serviceable but he's also questionable as well so there's like a yeah a 30 percent chance they could go to their third string so i i just yeah i i agree with you the under because the raiders don't have the offense to be explosive every week they can in spurts but they don't have you know a, a lot of great offensive weapons besides waller and you know what renfro's good but he's not a big play guy he's like you know third and six i'm gonna get open for you type of deal so I, I agree with you. I'd say if anything, the play is 44 and a half because Oakland hasn't sure Oakland Las Vegas hasn't shown that they can cover a lot either. I mean, the Dolphins game came down to the wire for no particular reason. And obviously they, you know, they got smoked by the Chargers last week. I picked the Chargers three and a half thinking that was pretty easy. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I'd say the under, I agree with you. All right. That's it for uh, the NFL. Do you have any college? Some I big do, games I this do. week. I'm hot. I'm, I'm ninth. I, I had my first three and three week last week unfortunately um i've been i was four and two the first four weeks and then finally had a three and three weeks so we're 19 and 11 on the year uh that's a pretty good win look at that um yep and that's honestly for me not doing a lot of research so maybe i should do that for the nfl and just not try as hard (laughs) um but let me pull up the schedule so i can get the rankings correct when i i say them the first one i'm going to pick them pretty much every week until they they fall off the wagon, which isn't going to happen. Uh, Alabama, they're 17 and a half at Texas A&M. I know the 12th man's tough, but I mean, Alabama's just they're just on a roll. They're just that much better than everybody else. Uh, and I I don't see this being any different. I also have the over in that game. The over in Bama games has been been pretty good as well. It's 51 and a half. Even if A&M can come out and put up some points, you know, so that Bama doesn't have to do it all, that'd be great. But I can still see this being like a, you know, 48 to to. 14 type of game which will which will hit it bama can usually approach that on its own uh and i will say i'm a little scared this week because there's a lot of ranked teams on the road 
and I feel like there's some trap games, so I feel like I could be walking into some stuff. Like, I have Michigan minus three at Nebraska. Nebraska hasn't been great, but they've played some teams tough, and we know how Michigan is. They're they're due for that one October-November loss that just drops them out of, you know, kills their chances right. of being in the playoffs. Yeah. And I'm sure with my luck this will be that week, but I think the three points is very reasonable. You know, it's just a field goal, so it gives the opportunity for a push. Uh, so I like them. And then I have three more. I have Michigan State. Uh, they're at Rutgers. Same thing. You know, thought, you know, on the road. Could be a trap game in New Jersey. Rutgers has had, you know, they've been just okay. But, and it's only Michigan State. But they're only five and a half. So I like that one. Uh, took Georgia as well. I think, honestly, Alabama. Just take Alabama and Georgia until they play each other. Because Georgia is, their defense is. Good strategy. Their defense is terrifying. I mean, they shut out teams back to back. They shut out Arkansas. Arkansas is what eight? They were eight in the country, and they shut them out. I mean, and I, I watched a lot of that game. Arkansas had no chance. I mean, they, they, I there was nothing. Georgia has let up a. I don't think Georgia has let up a single touchdown this year on defense. I'm not surprised. They just they 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 had no room to breathe, and I just don't trust Bo Nix enough, even at home. I know he's better at home, obviously, than he's on the road, but I just don't trust them. It's it's fifteen and a half is what I've seen that and. Even though it's two scores and change, I just I, I don't have many qualms about it. It could be another, you know, scratch 30, that. They've they've three. let up, they've let up one TD, and that was uh, against South Carolina in fourth quarter. Oh, okay, so yeah, nothing of, of value. One there. TD through four <laughs> games is still like incredible. It is and like the, fact, the fact that they played like the number eight team in the country and did it like they, they're not playing just scrubs. Um, so yeah, so Georgia 15 and a half, Michigan state five and a half, Michigan minus three, Bama 17 and a half and the over. And then the last one, I, I went to the unranked world for a second and, uh, I, I just kind of on a whim picked Baylor Baylor's at home against West Virginia. They're minus the risk. They're basically a three point favorite. Um, mm-hmm. so they're at home. I don't know. I'll be honest. Don't know a ton about either team. So it's kind of on the, the win pick and Baylor's I know Baylor's good. Yeah, they just lost to Oklahoma State, so you also have the bounce back week in effect. Um, but West Virginia's played; they beat Virginia Tech when they were ranked. They played Oklahoma to a three point game, so they're not, you know, scrubs in, in their regard. But I think asking for a field goal at home is, is pretty reasonable. So we got six more picks on the board this week, and uh, like I said, looking to continue that hot streak at nineteen and eleven on the year. Hopefully, we're twenty five and eleven come next week. All right, here's my 11 play card then. Um, so I like Cincinnati minus 29 and a half. I think they're going to absolutely smoke Temple on Friday night. I like Texas to win the Red River uh, rivalry. That's my upset pick of the week on the CFP 100. If you want to listen to more college football takes, go to that show and listen to it. Do the great stuff there. Um, Texas on the money line plus 138. I love them to be Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma is good right now. And Texas is like on the rise now, which is kind of scaring me because it's Texas. Uh, I like everything you said about Baylor. Baylor's a good team. Uh, they're going against West Virginia, but they're at home in Waco. I like the home uh, slight favorite there in Baylor. Uh, Georgia is going to absolutely kill Bo Nix, so take them minus 15 and a half. Uh, the battle of the defeated, uh, Connecticut, Massachusetts. I'm going to go Connecticut minus three and a half. <laughs> they almost beat uh, Wyoming, but I mean, this this game might be like the worst game ever played. Uh, but yeah, go Connecticut minus three and a half. Uh, Penn State, Iowa. I am going to pick Penn State on the money line because Penn State has a playmaker in Jahan Dotson, and I think he'll do enough just to put it over the edge. Uh, I kind of like that under two. I think it's now towards like 39 and a half, which is really low. But two good defenses. I th- 
Two great defenses, but I think Jahan Dotson's going to make a big play and put Penn State over the top. Um, I like Notre Dame to beat Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech in a night game, uh, 7.30 at night. Uh, I just think Notre Dame could bounce back here. I just don't believe in Virginia Tech either. I think everyone overvalued them once they beat UNC. Uh, Kentucky's a good team. I like them to beat LSU at home, minus three and a half, even after uh, beating Florida at home, and that's a big win. I just don't think LSU is that good, and Edwards runs on the hot seat. Uh, I am with you on the over 50 and a half uh, in the Alabama game. Alabama just scores like crazy. Um, I am concerned if Texas A&M is going to score at all. But uh, I like Oregon State minus three and a half against Washington State. I think Oregon State is better than people think, and Washington State is pathetic. And then I also like BYU minus six and a half against Boise State. BYU is a sneaky good team, and they are just like Cincinnati. Just They play on the West Coast, and they're not getting talked a lot. And I just don't think Boise State's that good. So that's my 11 play card. They're a good team because they can't do anything on their campus. They can't have parties. They're not allowed to do anything over well, they got, a, they got a stun in Tyler Algier that's going to be like one of the best running backs. Like, wait, he's going to be like, he runs like James Conner mm-hmm. style, but he is like very explosive and very good. If you watch BYU, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I, um, I, I tried to enter my credit card information for the BYU season ticket package on TV, but it didn't go through, so I couldn't uh, couldn't get them. But the one, you know, one thing you. I was thinking of real quick before we go, I, I've i been picking, like, Bama and Georgia a lot, and besides the fact that they're clearing away the two best teams, but you know what I think's going on? So, obviously, they're on a collision course to meet in the SEC title game. You might as well just play the game now because no one's beating them. They've both been incredibly dominant. You could argue Georgia's been even slightly more dominant based on I don't like that. You just said that. I'm worried now one of these teams might fall. Well, no, no. So, so normally I'd say yes, right? You know, it's so much pressure. It's so tough being number one, number two all year. But here's here's my thing. I think that – both these schools, but the fact that they're in the same conference competing against each other, and I think both sides legitimately think they're the better team. I don't think, you know, some years, like, the number two team could be like, oh, we're better than Bama, but, like, they know they're not. This year, I think Georgia legitimately thinks they're as good, if not better, than Bama. And I think it's a competition between these two teams every week. They not only want to go out and beat their opponents, they want to beat them by more than Georgia does. And Georgia wants to beat their opponent by more than Bama does. I think they're in a sneaky competition because you look at last week when Georgia – um when, when Georgia beat Arkansas and shut them out, they, uh, you know, they, it was like 37 nothing or whatever. And that game ended like right before Alabama. It was the first quarter. Started. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, they, it was like right at the end. And I think that they got some information like down to like the field, letting like Bama like, know like what happened because then they went out and like, obviously they didn't win by 37, but they went out and, you know, pretty much spanked Ole Miss. Like, I just think that they're in, so I think they're low key in competitions with each other, trying to outshine the other each week because they know it's such a, a tightly contested battle. And because of that, I think that they're going to be focused the entire year. Obviously I think they're both going to be undefeated going into the SEC title game, but I just think that they're, that provides such a gambling edge because not only are they trying to win, they are trying to completely destroy their opponents. Not for our sake, yeah. not for the gambling sake, but just for the, the competition of being that much better than the it's other good theory. Team. I know it's, it's a wild one. I just don't think we see that most years. Like usually it's like, you know, I don't think it's out- that crazy to be honest. I think it's legit. Well, and like normally like most years it's like not from the same conference, right? We'll have like Alabama and Clemson or we'll have, 
you know, you go back even a decade and you have like Oregon and Auburn and like, you know, out of conference stuff. So like, yes, you want to be better than these other teams. And the goal is to win every week. But at the same time, like, you're not you're not going to see these guys down the line like Alabama and Georgia know that they're playing each other in the SEC title game. And it's going to be arguably one of the biggest college football games of the last 10 years. That's not a playoff game. Um, and so I just I just think that there's a special connection between these two teams right now. And I just think that every week they're like, oh, like George, like Alabama plays the night game, right? Georgia plays a little bit earlier this week, so Georgia will play a little earlier. Let's say they win by twenty-one, whatever to say. Then the score comes out. Bama sees that, they'd be like, "Oh, they just won by twenty-one. We're in Texas A&M. Let's beat them by 30. Like that's, I feel like that's the mentality of both teams right now. I could be wrong, yeah. but I, I and there's no way to prove it because you can't really ask that question in the locker room. But I, I, I just I have a gut feeling about it, and it, it just makes me more confident to bet those guys every week. So. When I can say this from D2 locker room, which is vastly different than like Alabama and Georgia. Well, Bloomsburg was the Alabama of D2 for a little bit. But like we would have, we would have, uh, we had TVs in our locker room and we would just toss on um, ESPN like before we got ready. Cause like our kickoff time was at two. So like we saw like an hour of like the noon game or whatever. Right. And then we would turn it off at like one o'clock. And oh, I know. Uh, I was, I was in the press box for all of them. I was there. <laughs> so, so like Alabama players, if they're playing at three thirty, they they totally like just have ESPN casually on. And what was on ESPN? Well, it was the Arkansas Georgia game. So like, it's not crazy to think that that's not going on, you know? Because like, right. what else are you gonna change the channel to? You're gonna want to watch Georgia if you play in that conference because you want to see how the competition is. So it's not like it might be like certain players just like yeah and. Um, other players are probably watching Netflix on their phone or whatever, but it's not crazy to think that that could possibly be going on, you know? Right. Um, I guess well, one last question before we go. If you had to pick right now, obviously we got weeks to go, but because of all Georgia. that chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to ask it. So you, you think, you think Georgia would be banned? You're asking the defensive guy, like which team I like, I'm going to pick the team that has the better defense and Georgia is, unbelievable right now on defense. let me ask you this does it matter for you if they play each other who's at quarterback for georgia because i know they had like obviously yes because i want was... i want jt daniels in there instead of stenson bennett okay that's what made it impressive too is the fact that like it was their backup and they still shut up and still put up 37 points but okay i just wanted to ask i mean i yeah. feel like I, I, that might be maybe that'll be a new thing i'll just ask you that every week to see if like well i think changes. like like don't get me wrong i think arkansas is a good like eight to nine win team, right? Yeah, like they're going to sure. lose some or whatever. Them being in the top 10 was kind of ridiculous in my opinion. Like, good, they beat Texas A&M, but I didn't think Texas A&M, which I was completely wrong about. Um, I didn't think Texas A&M was good entering that game. But, like, I can see Arkansas winning 10 games and not being too crazy about it. Sam Pittman did a great job with that program so far. But Georgia's just... Dude, what they they're not even letting teams across like the 30 yard line. Like they're pinning teams back and then they're blocking punts, they're intercepting the ball, they're forcing turnovers. They have a 350 pound defensive lineman that's running a four or five. Like, yeah, what are you supposed it, to do? Just, them and Bam are just the men amongst boys. Like they asked, they've been asking the question on East Panel week. They're like, oh, they, like they want you to vote on the poll. And it's like, who's the who's the third best team? Like, who's the best of the rest? It's like, I don't care. It does not matter. <laughs> like Iowa, really and Penn State, Iowa and Penn State are three and four. They would both get creamed by these guys. Like I have and no. Alabama's the more like beatable team because like their defense is a bit suspect to where Georgia is like 
good luck trying to score even a touchdown against them. Do you think that that game could be like the Bama LSU game from the Tyron Matthew era where it was like, what was it, like 9-6 or something like that? Or whatever, No, because game? I have a little bit more faith in Georgia's offense than a lot of people do. Okay. I think Clemson, Clemson's off, um, offense is terrible, but like their defense was good in week one. I tend to think that Georgia would put up points against Alabama, at least like two touchdowns. I would expect a low-scoring game. Like It would be probably like 17-10. Mm-hmm. But, dude, I cannot bet against Georgia right now. I just can't. And Georgia was my – I put in a future of them to win the national championship 12-1. to 1. I feel very confident in that right now. As you should. So, all right. Uh, that'll do it for the Bench Bros Pick Show. You can follow our picks. You can go to the ticket windows, put them in. Uh, like and share uh, this podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all those other beautiful places that you listen to media. And you can share it with everybody, your grandmothers, your uh, mother-in-law, or whoever goes sports by liking us and following us on Twitter, Facebook, at Bench Bros Sports. And also following us on Instagram at Original Bench Bros. Uh, last things, Jordan. Anything you, else you want to say? I Get to the ticket thing. windows. Yeah, get to, get to the ticket windows online, but uh, Steelers minus one and a half, book it just for the just for the competition with you. I just want to like win this. I don't I don't actually want the Steelers to win because I don't want them to catch the Browns in the division. But I just want to beat you in this this thing because obviously the Broncos are your team. So stay tuned for that. I, if if the Steelers win, it's gonna be a real fun pod for me next week. Are you gonna flip if Teddy plays? Nah, I ride with TJ Watt. And Minka. <laughs> okay. and, I, and, and look, I, you know me. I advocate for Teddy as a dog, but I just not this week. Best dog there is. Yeah. Hey, every well, every dog has his day. <laughs> it might be, uh, Sunday might be that day. Uh, no, not not Teddy. I've said that for like a bunch of times. Not <laughs> Teddy. All right. That's the Bench Bros Pick Show. That's the show. We're out of here.